Behind the Beats with just Bowen and Bowie J. G'day, it's Bowie Jane with Jess Bowen for Babes Behind the Beats. And today on the show, we have drummer from Bally, Kara James. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, very stoked to have you. Obviously, love another female drummer. And I've been following your band for a few years now and just love everything about you guys. So I, I cannot wait to just jump into that. But before we talk about Valley and all that fun stuff, um, we just want to get to know you, Kara. So um, I think for me, my first question as a fellow drummer is like, what got you into drums and at what age did you start playing? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, it's, I always like hearing how another female drummer got into it because there's not a lot of representation. So like the answer oftentimes isn't like, well, my favorite drummer in this band, like, you know what I mean? Although like, right. it is, you know, I, I have favorite drummers that are men, but like, it's just sort of like, there's always more to the story I find with female drummers. So love that question. And basically my uncle on my mom's side is a drummer. So he was always like giving me like just random stuff like drumsticks and like a broken cymbal here and there. Cause like for some reason I thought that stuff was like kind of cool when I was younger. Um, but anyways, one day I was kind of bored with a friend I had a friend over and I was like you know we should make a shoebox drum kit because I have this pair of drumsticks and I think I could play drums and like we made this like kneel part like circular like drum kit because that's like what I saw like that's what I thought a drum kit was because that's what my <laughs> uncle's drum kit was like and we had like pie plates hanging from the ceiling and like this like shoebox drum kit and I literally just like played it until they all broke and my mom heard me from upstairs and I guess I was down there for hours with my friend. And then when I went upstairs, she was like, so I signed you up for a drum lesson. And I was like, mom, oh, like, that's so embarrassing. Like, mom, like you were listening and like, I was not happy about it. And then she was like, just go like, see how it is. I think you'll like it. So then I went and I was hooked. I just like, I went to school for drums, like post-secondary, like it just became oh, wow. like, my my thing you know so so what age was that when you like officially started taking drum lessons um that was like I think I was in grade five so oh, wow. 10 or 10 oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we I was like 11 or 12 because I started in sixth grade I started in like the concert band at school and then in seventh grade I joined the jazz band where you could actually play like full drum kit did you do nice. that yeah. school yeah well I did like um sort of like a like a jazz program yeah in school yeah got it so you started also like in well grade five is like even younger when you started playing on like full kit like I didn't start playing full kit like I said till seventh grade so that's so awesome and so you just fell in love with it then yeah I think it was just like I remember before I made this like shoebox drum kit I think it was like the Christmas before my cousin got a drum kit um and like we went over to their house for Christmas or whatever and like he was like yeah you can try them if you want I was like oh yeah sure I guess so and I sat down and I remember feeling this like overwhelming feeling of just like magic you know like I was just like so excited like I've never played anything like that before I've never done anything like it I've never 
heard anything like it and like the way it like felt through my arm when I was like hitting it and just the excitement looking back on that I realized that was kind of like my first sort of meant to be moment and yeah I think I was just very very stoked about it and I just sort of knew like this is like gonna be my thing and it was a good way for me to get all of my energy out because I was a very hyper child with some (laughs) behavioral issues so it was like kind of my outlet (laughs) so you said you went to drum school post-secondary is that right or yeah yeah Yeah, so what what is drum school and where is it I mean that's kind of cool that there's a drum (laughs) school isn't it (laughs) I mean it's a I majored in like drums but you could go for anything um, yeah, just like a jazz conservatory, like kind of program similar to Berkeley, yep. but it's the Canadian version in Toronto. Okay. Um, nice. Sorry, Toronto. But um, yeah, it's like kind of like a it's a smaller program, but it was really good. I learned a lot um, and it was like literally the hardest thing I've ever done. I didn't finish, though, because we started Valley and then you know, started touring, we signed a record deal and I just wasn't able to finish, but I tried, I went back, like I I tried to do my, like my degree in like chunks, but at the end of the day, it was like just very hard for me to do both. And I felt like I'm going to school for music, but I have the opportunity to do it in real life. So I just need to like pick a lane kind of thing. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I had the, the similar experience. I wasn't going to school for drumming, but like my band had also gotten signed while I was in like my first year of college. So I ended up dropping out and was like, I just need to do this, you know, like it's, it's yeah. like you just kind of jump in and like the experience of actually doing it to me was just, it felt more valuable. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, to each their own, but um, for you, I was wondering another question I had for while you were in school learning drums, like were there, how many other females, like what was the ratio um, male to female ratio who else like was studying drums? Mm. I think I was the only girl in my year. Um, well, I definitely was the only girl in my year, but there was somebody, I think, when I was in first year who was in fourth year. And, like, I think when I was in my third year then, there was someone in first year. So, like, very few female drummers. Right. Um, but, yeah, mostly just, like, there. there's a lot of – there's very few – women in that program actually like I feel like jazz conservatory just is is a boys club you know like a cis boys club it's very just like you know bro-y like but not in like the frat boy way it's like I don't know how to describe it it's like music music boy nerds (laughs) I don't know yeah yeah So how did you form, or how did you get together with Valley or how did they find you or what was the process with getting your band together? So I, when I was in grade 10, I switched high schools to go to like a more arts based school. And that's where I met Mickey who plays guitar and he does all the laptop work, the production stuff in our band. Um, And like same thing with with Mickey like I just like I met him one day and I was like this is the coolest person I've ever met and he writes his own music and that was something that like I was going to like a sports and science school before that so like literally no one on the face of the planet was writing 
their own music and like being like open about it. So when I met Mike, he was very like, you're cool. Like, let's start a band. And I had never like seen that kind of energy from a person before. And I was very like excited to sort of make music with him. And we would go home and record like drums and stuff, just like drum solos. I don't know, weird stuff. We were learning how to like record music and stuff like that. So um, him and I were kind of in the weeds with like music and songwriting and stuff like that. And we had a very cringy duo band going. And after we graduated high school, we went to the studio in our hometown to record a song that we had written. And it was the first time we were in like a real studio. So very exciting. And we were in the control room and these two boys like showed up and I guess the engineer just had this look on his face being like, oh crap, like I double booked them. Like, like I gotta like smooth this out. So like, he was like, yo, like you guys should meet these two other boys. Like, um, I think you'd really like them. And so we met them, Rob and Alex, the other half of Valley. And I think we just like clicked. And I think it was that week we started making music together and like we always say like we started hanging out like the day we met and it's just been like a like a seven year long hangout you know what I mean like we just like haven't like got like we've just been doing it since the day we met and like we just knew we, we needed to start a band and like I don't even think it was really a question like Rob and Alex just brought something to like our like Mickey and I's songs that we had never really had before and it was something that like again like it was so magical it was just like this other like big moment in my life of just like I am like literally meant to do this one thing and like from then on I just knew and I I was going to school we were all going to school during the early stages of the band and then obviously we had to leave that behind but yeah that is the birth of Valley. Bowie, it turns out that I'm much better at eating fancy food than I am at cooking it. Um, and I found this out because I have been getting into Sunbasket, and it is absolutely amazing. Sunbasket delivers the joy of eating with bold flavors, organic produce, and sustainable seafood and meats. And I recently was able to try their farro bowls with spinach, apricots, and green goddess dressing with salmon. And oh my God, it was amazing and so so easy to make and it was it was just great and their award-winning chefs are constantly innovating with new recipes and global tastes to keep it interesting each week with dozens of options right now sunbasket is offering 90 dollars off and a free gift when you order so go to sunbasket.com beats and enter promo code beats b-e-a-t-s at checkout that's sunbasket.com beats and enter promo code beats So Kara, I just wanted to jump back real quick and ask you, I know you were talking about how your uncle was a drummer and he was kind of the one that got you into drumming, but I'm just curious who like your drum idols were. Um, you know, for me, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't see a lot of female representation, um, you know, on stage. And, and I'm curious who you were looking up to at the time, you know, as drummers. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably changed as I've grown as a musician, but in the early stages, it was definitely more big band, sort of like 
more jazz based drummers just because that's was that was the kind of music that I was like learning and playing and stuff like that so I don't like Gene Krupa (laughs) and like people like that just like very like drum heavy Buddy um, Rich were you into Buddy Rich yeah I loved Buddy I mean I still love Buddy Rich yeah yeah for sure he's and then he it's just so much energy you know right and then as you like you said as you progress like who else now would you say like are your top three or something I mean honestly like I wish I had the good answer for this but every time I get asked this question like I'm like scraping the bottom of the bucket to like find (laughs) my influences because I just like I don't no, like I, I think I take more influence from like, I don't know, like bits and pieces of like world music, but also like just like my favorite pop songs. Like I really like Aaron Spears because I yeah. love Ariana Grande; she's my queen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, more like like I like George Daniel because who doesn't like George Daniel? Um, I also really like the band Toto. So I think Jeff Picaro is another one of my influences. Um, but yeah, I think it's just mostly like what I hear, like drum parts I hear in songs and stuff. And like, I think nowadays I don't really like, I wouldn't really like introduce myself as like a drummer drummer. I think I'm more just like a general musician kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, I mean, like drums are definitely like where my passion lies and stuff. I just like, I'm not, I haven't been super nerdy about it, but that's not to say that when I just like, it's just kind of like, you know, compartmentalizing life in the band and stuff like that. It's like, I haven't like been super into like learning new drum stuff. It's more so like yeah. quick turnover for Valley stuff, you know? So it's right. like, I'm always just like learning my yeah. drum parts that we do on record and stuff like that so with valley when did it start to take off uh did you you started all writing together but what was the progression for the band yeah i mean i think it was very we've had a very slow and steady uh progression i think although it might seem different on the outside um we've just been like very consistently writing music since we met and like I mean if I'm if I'm being honest I like when we first started the band we would go over to Mike's house because that's where all of our like equipment was and we would just like make like random songs and just like we were still like learning production for the most part like just like trying a bunch of stuff and that's kind of where like our album maybe came from was very like I mean for like us it was very experimental so that was like a very kind of like pivotal point in the band where like we went from just like making music in the abyss with like no real agenda to like having to then make another record to follow up maybe and I think that's the part that I like if I'm being honest I I kind of struggle with as like an artist because like I do find the like everything is very um uh sort of I don't want to say disposable but like kind of disposable you know what I mean like you have to keep putting out content quote quote 
um, because, you know, then you got forgotten about. And it's like, it's this weird, like, paradox of like, I want to continue to make music with my friends, because that's what I love doing. But there's also the reality of it, where it's like, at the end of the day, like, you know, you're, you're selling something, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like to think about it like that. But like, when you're signed to a label and the publishing and all that kind of thing, you know, like, that's kind of what the agenda becomes. Mm -hmm. So although I think like, there is a balance to be had within like, just like going over to, to Mickey's house and like, making beats and making music and like, whatever, but like, in the more like recent months, like within the last year, I would say like, despite the pandemic and having so much time, there was a like a large period where we couldn't see each other because of the whole bubble thing and stuff was pretty like chaotic in in Ontario. Um, But yeah, I think it just like there's not a lot of time to kind of do that thing anymore. And and the boys and I were talking about this the the other day where we're like, it would be nice to just like make music, you know what I mean? But it's it's kind of always like our creative energies used on like this acoustic EP that we had to do and like you know this cover of a song and like these TikToks so it's like our brain just kind of like goes in different places and to have that extra creative energy to just like do whatever is harder and harder I find but is that from the label or um like when were you signed um we signed our first record deal in 2017 cool and so like so that's they've been driving you've got to do the cover you've got to do the acoustic yeah I mean like it's all good stuff and and it's more so like there was about like three years from like 2017 to very early 2020 where we weren't having to do a lot of that stuff but I think in the last sort of year like there's been a lot of really great opportunities and and stuff that only like makes you know our career sort of it only like lifts us up, but it's just like getting used to finding the balance between just being creative without an agenda and then being creative for a task. You know what I mean? Like for the sake of an end goal. And like, it's all like really good stuff. Like we just did um, an EP, like an acoustic EP for Apple music for their at home sessions, which is going to be cool. But you know, like just like stuff like that, where it just like it, that's where I need to put my energy but like to have the leftover energy just like make a beat when I get home from that is like more and more difficult so I think I'm just like trying to find the balance but not to like be that guy but like I just kind of trust the process you know like I think that's where we are in our life and like one day it might get easier and like you know you kind of just like go with the motions and see what happens you know definitely yeah I feel like I just saw um, that artist Chelsea Cutler, like she had this, you know, basically the same sentiment. She wrote out like this whole like four page note. I don't know if you saw that Bowie, but yeah, it was just like how artists these days. It's oh, like, I did. Yeah. Right. And it's With like social media. And... Yeah, it's just it's true. It is hard because you're like Ready constantly thinking about and, and now labels are even trying to tell their artists like, you know, like TikTok is the answer, basically, or at least a lot of guests that we've had on have also experienced that, you know, where they're like, you got to really get on TikTok for this. And yeah, as an artist, that's kind of frustrating because you're like, I'm an artist. I'm trying to just make music. Like, why do I need to come up with something to put on TikTok, you know? Yeah, a little hook. Yeah. (laughs) 
so I totally get that. And and with that being said, though, I, I do want to ask about I know that you guys had some success through TikTok because of your clip that you posted of like 1999. Is that was that right? Was that like the first big viral thing like TikTok that you guys had done? Yeah, we were staying at my family friend's cottage, um, just like writing music and stuff. And this is was kind of in the heat of the pandemic. This was early 2020. Or sorry, early 2021. I keep getting confused. Early 2021. And we had been together for the first time in like four months because we just like had some immune compromised parents and we just like at the time like you know, you remember, like, it was just weird to, like, see other people, so we didn't even want to, like, see each other, just because, like, there's four of us, and that multiplication, like, whatever, so after, like, four months or something, we all went up north, and that's when we started doing all of the writing for the last birthday EP that we just put out, Um, and the first song that we wrote the first day was, like, 1999, and we were actually writing a different song, and none of us were really vibing it. We were on Zoom with two of our good friends and we were just kind of like, you know, like this isn't like it. We had spent so much time in it already. It was kind of like discouraging, but Jonathan, who's in the band Nightly, he was on the other side of the Zoom and he was like, guys, like, let's just write, let's just try to write a song, a completely different song in 30 minutes. Like literally don't overthink a lyric, a phrase, like nothing. 30 minutes, that's all we're getting. So that's when Like 1999 became, and we had wow. been doing the demo as we were writing. And at the end of the night, it was like 6 p.m. or something. We just like, we had a, a filmer there, just like a, a videographer. And he was in charge of doing TikToks because that's what you got to do. But (laughs) but he was just kind of like filming us. And he's like, guys, I want to just like post a clip of this song on TikTok. And we were like thinking nothing of it. We're like, sure, whatever. Go for it. And he's like, just dance and like have fun with it. And we're like, okay. So then we just, we didn't think anything of it. And then we posted it. And by like 9 p.m., it was at like 500,000 or something views or or something like that and we were just kind of like surprised and uh, of course like that was all natural growth like no promotion or anything so our label and managers kind of just hopped on it and they were like just like record it and put it out next week so we spent the next like couple days doing like a little music video and um a photo shoot and stuff and like yeah we kind of just like put it out and it did wonderful things for us. So I'm really grateful that that happened. And, and was it real quick? It was like, you guys finished it. Was it in like 48 hours or something? Is that right? Yeah. Sorry, that went viral. Did you get a lot of followers from that or just that particular video went viral? Um, no, we actually did. It, it did translate into followers, which is cool because TikTok's a weird one to like crack, but I, I find that like, if it's just like a random video, like people will just like like it and scroll past it. But I think when what we saw with, because we'd had it like a viral video of someone like fishing a, a keyboard out of our photographer's pool, like it was nothing. It was like, it wasn't that crazy, but like we didn't get any followers from it. Um, but 
I think when there's something to like bite on that's when you see it like translate into a follower obviously like they want to like invest more in, in your platform so like that's kind of that's why we jumped on it because we were getting like like thousands of followers like overnight just because of that video I think we picked up on the fact that like people did actually like the song that's why they were going to our profile and like following us to kind of see what happens next kind of thing Mm -hmm. and I think it was like back then like the TikTok history has moved so quickly like if you think back to early pandemic where like TikTok like wasn't really that much of like a thing as as much of it is now like before the pandemic and whatever like now it's like such a thing but this was like earlier in the days where like posting your song wasn't like super popular but now I like see it all the time but yeah we genuinely didn't think anything of it we didn't think it would do anything and like it just kind of I think it grabbed people's attention and so yeah, we just, we were like, we have to put the song out. Like, there's literally no question. Like, this has to come out, like, this week. Wow. Because people's attention spans are so incredibly short. Mine included. <laughs> same, same. So how did you get it out so quick? You quickly record it. I guess the label pushes it out. Yeah, well, we, so Mickey and our band, again, like, he's an incredible producer. And he's just such a hard worker. Like, he, um, we just, like, we actually ended up using the demo vocals because this, I forgot to say this, but Rob, our singer, got super, super sick. And like for the first time in me knowing him, like completely lost his voice, like had oh, laryngitis wow. or something. But at the time, we're like, you have COVID. Like, but it, there was no <laughs> way that he did. We had been isolating for like a week already. So, like, anyways, he couldn't sing. So we ended up using the very like, gross like rough demo vocals that we recorded in this like massive room with no oh my like, god paneling or anything so I think it sounds great like I can't believe it. I didn't know that I was like this sounds awesome so that's wild to know that yeah I know it was it it didn't sound like that like the the OG vocals were pretty crusty but um again like Mike kind of just did some like major major EQing and just stuff like that like very kind of meticulous stuff and it ended up being fine obviously like um I actually we were going to get Jonathan to do a lot of like the harmonies and like BGs or whatever but we ended up just kind of like changing the the vocal arrangement a little bit so yeah it ended up working out but yeah we just like we just recorded it. it didn't take super long it took like probably a day to record it and then the second day because we had Chris our videographer there he just shot the artwork for us and then we filmed like this very like simple kind of video that it's on YouTube it's like it's not the music video but it's we I think we use it as a lyric video it's just like us dancing in in a window um so yeah we just like had the right people at the right time and were able to pull it off and yeah it was it was pretty cool and 28 million listens on Spotify so that is incredible (laughs) yeah thank you so much yeah that's amazing well before we get to the last part of this interview do you have anything coming up that you can tell us about um any tours any shows that you want to talk about all right well I mean by the time this is out our deluxe version of last birthday the EP we just released will be out and that has the title track on it last birthday 
which is kind of like a 70s like just like straight ahead like Fleetwood Mac kind of acoustic guitar driven song and then we have a song called Paper Cup which is I want it's like a ballad kind of and then we have a song called Seven Stories which is another like slower song but it might make you cry um (laughs) I love a good cry (laughs) yeah Yeah, so that'll be out and then we're planning on heading on tour our first headline tour um in North America which is exciting but not to be like a Debbie Downer but like it like the whole COVID spike that we've seen is just like hopefully everything kind of stays intact but that's the plan and yeah we're gonna start writing again soon um always writing always always trying to you know have demos in the dropbox and stuff so nice amazing very cool awesome well we have one last thing that we do for our interviews and it's just a very silly fun quiz at the very end and it's like a this or that thing to kind of get to know our guests so i'm just going to kick it off real quick the first question is dogs or cats dogs yes Yes. right answer there are right (laughs) answers (laughs) beach or snow oh come on you're asking you're asking a a canadian here come on i know Uh, i know that's why uh, i was like i mean clearly you have to love the snow because you live in it but like oh my behind snow yeah love it a lot of people don't so we actually really love that you said that because we love snow but we also live in california so we don't get it very often actually i was in mammoth recently and it was dumping and it was shoveling snow all the time. And I was like, mm, now I know why people who live in the snow, they answer beach. I was thinking that. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question. Would you prefer to be the headliner or the opener? Oh, gosh. Well, we haven't done much headlining. So I'm going to say headlining because it's new and exciting. Okay. Yes. Good answer. Very good answer. Last question. It's not a this or that, but um, what do you like to have on your writer? Like in the green room. Mm. I like like dried mango slices. I know Ooh. that's like kind of weird. I just like to like oh. chew on them. That's a good um, one. I like to have some Gatorade or like, you know, something to boost the electrolytes. Hummus is always a staple always. within my band. It's a must. Um, I think a lot of like berries and like fruit. But, like, sometimes I just want to, like, put junk food on it, you know? But, like, a whole tour of, like, putting chips and candy, it's just, like, not good. But sometimes I want to put a little sweet treat, you know? Just on a random Wednesday, have your tour manager switch it up and be like, and you know what? On. And just put the junk food yeah. for the Wednesday. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in the sh- suggestion box for right? sure. Be like, maybe once every two weeks, just on a random day of the week, pick, like, yeah, when surprise. you change it to the junk food <laughs> rider. Mm. <laughs> sounds yummy awesome well Kara again thank you so much for being here um for our listeners and for anyone who isn't already following you and your band do you want to give us your personal and the band's uh socials that you guys are most active on so everyone could keep up with you 100 percent. so the band's uh all social media is at this is valley and then my personal social media is at local color spelled l-o-k-a-l-c-o-l-o-r the American spelling. Don't ask me why. <laughs> the American spelling. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Kara, again, thank you so much for your time. And everyone else, uh, just, you know, follow Valley and uh, check them out if you haven't already. They're obviously amazing. Um, and thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. 
appreciate it. <laughs>